Hello and welcome to another edition of Shadow Talk. In this week's episode, we'll be looking at the threat to ERP applications. JP Perez Echigosian, CTO of Anapsis, joins me, Michael Marriott, to talk about the exposure of SAP and Oracle applications, the market for exploits, and the threat actors we've observed targeting the sensitive data that sits within these applications. Hello and welcome to another edition of Shadow Talk. And in this week's episode, we're going to talk all things risks to ERP applications. And joining me this week is JP Perez Echagosian from Anapsis. Hi, JP. How are you? Hey, Mike. How are you? Yeah, that's. Uh, I see you. You hit the nail with my name and last name. So, so <laughs> happy about that as well. But also more more excited about being able to to speak with you about the this research. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the research that was published last week um, was our first joint research between Anapsis and Digital Shadows. Um, do, do you want to talk briefly, your CTO at Anapsis, what it is that Anapsis do? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, so we started in 2009. Um, we were a, a couple of um, IT security guys um, with a strong background on penetration testing. And we realized that every time we were going to an SAP or, or ERP customer, uh, and where and those applications were a, a part of the scope of the pen test. Every time we were able to show the organization that uh, through multiple different ways, those the whole entire landscape was able to be compromised. And we are talking about like really sensitive, important, highly regulated data for for these customers. Uh, so we realized this pattern was. Uh, uh, coming along all the all the time, one over and over, um, and we realized, hey, there's a big problem here for the biggest organizations in the world, and, and uh, no one is really taking a look at it. So that's why we decided to start Anapsis and, and really start uh, tackling this problem, addressing the, the ERP cybersecurity or security uh, for uh, SAP and Oracle applications or the biggest organizations in the world. Yeah, and I think it might be worth... For our listeners, many of whom will be familiar with ERP applications, but part of kind of the centrality of, of, of why this research is so important is because of what ERP platforms are and the type of data that they hold. So is it worth refreshing our listeners to exactly what ERP applications are? Uh, absolutely. Um, in this case, ERP is an acronym of Enterprise Resource Planning. Um, it's not entirely uh, describing this set of applications, but it's a, uh, we, we have found this uh, to be the, the closest way to really group these type of applications. We are talking about business critical applications. Um, uh, organizations, especially the biggest ones, uh, but pretty much every organization in the world has different type of processes, right? You have payroll, HR, uh, you, you need to maintain customers, vendors, uh, procurement, uh, you have productions, logistics, uh, maintenance, a lot of different internal processes that are um, core for, for the company to be able to even operate, right? But, um, but these uh, organizations are keeping, uh, especially the biggest ones, are keeping the, the majority of their business processes within these so-called ERP applications or business critical applications. Yeah, and with stuff like payroll information and, and stuff like that it's no surprise that cyber criminals are a little bit interested by what's held within erp applications and we'll we'll come on to the 
threat actors and the campaigns that we've seen targeting ERP platforms in general a bit later on in the pod. But I just wanted to start off by talking about internet-facing ERP applications. Many organizations, I'm sure for good reason, will have them internet-facing, but that comes with a bunch of risks because there are a lot of exploits and a lot more vulnerabilities for these platforms. So you did some analysis onto the internet facing and the, the amount that were exposed there. Yeah, just I want to begin with a disclaimer. Having an internet facing application is not a risk per se, right? But, but having it internet facing does introduce a lot of different risks and, and definitely increases the probability of some of those risks to be actually materialized. So it definitely requires some special treatment because suddenly this application is now potentially targeted by an, an infinite number of, of different threat actors. So that's why uh, it really requires special attention. But um, yeah, absolutely. We did a, an assessment uh, on the internet-facing ERP components. We really wanted to do something that could be also validated by anyone else, right? Uh, and in that case, we use publicly available search engines. Those uh, search engines that are um, continuously um, mapping and, and, and scanning and identifying IoT devices and, and hosts and servers. So, thing, so examples of this might be like Shodan. Exactly, yeah. Shodan and Census. So we use those and we identified over 17,000 um, ERP components, and that breaks into a different type of ERP components, for example, Oracle eBusiness Suite, which we found over seven, 750. Um, we found over 10,000 sub-routers, uh, which actually, that, being able to identify a sub-router over the internet, that, I would say that that's a risk by itself, because that sub-router should be limited by, uh, by a firewall to begin with. So just have, being able to access that TCP port is, is a, a risk. Yeah, um, do, do we want to unpack that a little bit more, JP? Because th there's, you can have your application not necessarily internet-facing, but then if your SAP router is exposed, then that causes different risks for the organization. Yeah, so SAP router is a, a component that um, SAP uses to connect to your internal SAP applications to provide support uh, and to for enabling the ability to, for your internal SAP applications to reach out to SAP for pulling data, technical data as well. So it's a two-way communication, mainly with SAP, and that, that would be probably most of the sub-routers that are installed are installed because of that use case. The problem is that if that TCP service needs to connect only to SAP, uh, then the TCP port should be restricted by a firewall uh, to, to only be accessible by SAP IPs and not everyone else because uh, there could be vulnerabilities that could be exploited uh, to, to target that SAP router uh, if it's not properly updated, especially. Um, and then that could be the entry door for any attacker to really start targeting the SAP applications or the internal SAP system. So, yeah, uh, the sub-router is definitely one component that, that uh, we should restrict to, to the whole internet. And, and additionally, we found other web components from SAP as well, um, internet facing. The interesting part of that is that based on the host names of those um, applications, we could uh, identify that some of those 
um, hosts were not production systems. Um, so that means that potentially those systems could be more vulnerable than, than a productive system because those, those systems are usually less protected, less audited, less secure than a productive environment. So uh, that, that could be the, let's say, entry door for, for attackers to really start targeting other systems and, and the entry door for an internal uh, landscape. Um, and in terms of uh, internet exposure, I would say those were the, the main um, findings that we identified. We didn't do any, any type of uh, active scanning or vulnerability assessment or anything. We really wanted to use publicly available search engines and, and using that, uh, we, we could find some super interesting results. Yeah, I, I think it's almost more interesting to use the, the tools that are available to everybody because that gives an indication of what the attackers have at their disposal Absolutely. as well. And if you even look beyond Showdown and Census, you can get a lot from Google hacking. And, you know, you can see cyber criminals across dark web and criminal forums. They're sharing these Google docs as well. And with pretty easy Google searches, you can identify a fair few internet-facing applications. Yeah, and uh, oh, there are thousands of results that are coming out if you use some of these um, Google Docs that are, as you mentioned, um, we, we have seen in, in, in some uh, criminal forums and some sites that really are getting the attention of cyber criminals. But uh, something that was really, really interesting for me was using one of those Google Docs, we're able to uh, identify almost 100 um, results from an ACP-based component that is no longer supported by ACP. So it's, it's something that if organizations have, it's super old, uh, really organizations should have migrated to a, a newer version or a newer component a long time ago. But even today, we still see some of those results internet-facing, right? So that's, that's really, really interesting from a, the, and, and definitely speaks about the maturity of some of those customers, right? When you deploy an ERP application, um, and, and it's really about being able to operate and, and uh, maintain those business processes. And, and sometimes the priority of really being able to operate those business processes is higher than, than the risk that some organizations perceive in terms of the, the disruption. So they prefer to keep operating and not really update those systems. So um, it's not more often than not, we come across really old systems and, and uh, with a lot of uh, potential vulnerabilities in those systems because of the lack of maintenance and the lack of upgrades and, and, and application of patches. Yeah, and we've talked in previous pods about vulnerabilities and, and the difference between those and exploits. And this is a really good example of that. There are thousands of vulnerabilities and then there are many of those have actually got exploits for them. And so when we're trying to look at the severity and the prioritization of those vulnerabilities obviously those with exploits should take priority there and we can look at those that are available online um exploits are being sold and shared across like a range of criminal forums and marketplaces and we just looked at one which is zero day um site and we looked at the exploits that are available for sap and oracle applications and and noticed that those are also increasing over time as well and there, there, are, there are two types of exploits. There are, there's the remote code execution ones 
and there's the denial of service vulnerabilities that they exploit as well. Yeah, and th that's a good uh, distinction because um, sometimes, um, especially if you are coming from the penetration testing world, um, sometimes a remote command execution is more uh, appealing than a denial of service or, or that type of exploits. Uh, even for, for a threat actor, potentially, uh, really is really looking to compromise it, the, um, and, and make their way into the organization rather than, than really achieving a denial of service. But that's, that's really in, in the ERP space is, uh, I would say, even potentially more important denial of service than other things because organizations are really, really um, focused on the operations. So not being able to operate in some of these applications could mean a big, big financial impact for these organizations because imagine uh, a warehouse not being able to ship products or a, a, let's say a customer facing application not being able to um, perform any sales or not being able to execute um, payments for, for uh, providers or for customers or vendors or that kind of uh, operations are super important and some organizations could lose millions if, uh, if that's uh, the case. So denial of service and, and service disruption is definitely a priority amongst ERP applications um, because of this uh, criticality of the, the actual availability, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's an important point to make, as well as the sensitive data that's held, the, the denial of service and the threat that that poses to organizations. So on that note, I think in part two, we'll be discussing the actual threats that we've observed to ERP applications. Hello, welcome back to part two. So without further ado, let's dig in to the threat actors and campaigns that have been targeting these particular applications, because I think this is pretty much the crux of our report that we published. We have been identifying multiple different campaigns, um, especially your team, uh, Michael, that has been working on this uh, and, and, and really understanding what are the different threat actors and campaigns. Th there are many different threats to, to ERP applications that were actually materialized in these campaigns. Specifically, speaking about the different threats, uh, we can mention uh, vulnerabilities, um, as, as unpatched vulnerabilities as being one of them. Uh, Invoker Servlet uh, is, is one of those that uh, was highlighted in 2016 by the uh, DHS or the US CERT uh, with a technical alert. In that case, there was evidence of uh, many different organizations being actually exploited through this. We still see uh, this, um, this vulnerability being exploited even um, recently. So it's, it's very important to keep up uh, with, the, with the patches and the vulnerabilities. Uh, we're, we're still talking about a vulnerability that was um, patched around 2010 um, and, and yet still some sites vulnerable to this. Um, so it's, it's very, very important to, to keep up with the, the invoker servlet. But not only about that, uh, we have seen also um, examples of exploitation of the SOAP RFC vulnerability. Um, yeah. Is, if, yeah, if we, if we that, that particular SOAP RFC one that you mentioned, that was part of the op fuck the fash uh, activist campaign, I believe, that targeted right-wing perceived neo-fascist type domains. Do we want to briefly say what the SOAP RFC is? Is it a misconfiguration or a vulnerability? 
Yeah, that's uh, actually a misconfiguration. Um, it's a, an interesting service because it's a web service uh, in the SAP applications and in, in the SAP NetWeaver stack that actually connects the web interface with another component which is called the gateway. Um, so it's basically a translation of HTTP to RFC. Uh, HTTP being the, the, the hypertext transfers protocol that, that we all, we are pretty much all familiar with uh, because it's going through a browser uh, and uh, we, we are, um, yeah, it's well known. RFC is a proprietary pr protocol from SAP. So in this case, um, anyone would be able to, through the browser, actually uh, execute RFC functions. Um, and that's what they did with the, the exploitation of this vulnerability. Actually, not a vulnerability, but a misconfiguration. If the service is enabled and internet facing, then anyone would be able to actually execute RFC functions. Um, so there, there are actually a couple of metasploit um, exploits uh, that, are, that can be used for this. And that's why it's, it's very important to know um, what we are exposing to the internet, but also how, because this is one of those um, several hundreds, even I would say probably close to 2,000 different uh, web services that can be enabled or disabled in the SAP NetWeaver stack. Um, so if, if one of those is, um, let's say, inadvertently enabled, um, then it's there and it could be reached by anyone. And there are many of those uh, critical services. Uh, one uh, is very, very prevalent in the SAP world. It's called the web GUI. That's another bridge. It's basically uh, bridging the sub GUI client through the web browser. So you don't, you don't need a web, uh, sub GUI anymore. Uh, you can connect through a web browser to the SAP application with the same functionality. So as that's, that's web, we see that more often than not exposed to other networks like internet. Uh, so it's important to really know what we are exposing. SOAP RFC, uh, SAP Info, SAP, um, SOAP, uh, SAP Web GUI, and many other services that should be really um, taken care of when we are actually opening up that SAP web service. That's a great clarification. Uh, there are numerous other activist campaigns that we've detailed in the report, which will be provided in the link to this podcast. Um, stuff like access to back-end SAP applications of large oil companies. Um, you've got the targeting of SAP URLs um, and with the threat of denial of service on activist IRC channels. Um, so do check out those. I think I'm almost more interested by the cyber criminal aspect. And there's a couple of of interesting aspects here. The most interesting, I think, is the banking trojans, which are targeting SAP logons. Um, typically, banking trojans will target banking customers and they will look to acquire the credentials of the online banking details. And the configuration files of these banking trojans targets those specific URLs so they know which credentials to harvest. And We've seen one of the most popular banking trojans, Drydex. Um, it's not just targeting banking applications and softwares. It's also targeting SAP logon. So I think that speaks to the, the financial information that's held within SAP applications as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a great example of also the need for, for securing internal systems, right? Uh, because uh, we're talking about uh, different examples of... Uh, 
internet-facing SAP and Oracle applications, how the different cyber um, attackers are targeting different type of uh, weaknesses on those applications. However, uh, when we talk about cyber criminals, now updating the uh, well-known banking Trojan to capture SAP information, it's now also on the internal systems as well. So these uh, in internally facing SAP applications that if that uh, Trojan gets into one of the, the computers or, or the workstations or any endpoint within your network, then that Trojan could be capturing uh, information to access the SAP application or even coming from the SAP application. So uh, that definitely speaks about the, the need for really um, have a holistic view around internal and externally facing applications. Um, because it's it's coming from different ways. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. But equally, it isn't just about the data that's within these applications. As you mentioned earlier on, there's stuff like denial of service. But additionally, we saw as part of cyber criminal campaigns was the actual use of the ERP servers as well to fulfill other cyber criminal goals. So whether that's cryptocurrency mining, um, people targeting the default username and passwords to gain access to servers that would help them mine Monero, and then also selling compromised RDPs, remote desktop protocols, um, which were running on SAP HANA. That, again, using default passwords. So I think one of the big takeaways from this is change your default passwords. Um, and that's particularly relevant if you're running older versions of these ERP applications. The message I want to get across here is that if you've got internet-facing applications and you're using default passwords or you haven't been patching as regularly as you should be, then attackers know about this and they're actively making use of this situation. So you should really be taking the threat as a real one. I agree 100%. It's, um, it's basically managing those risks that, uh, that are actually across your, potentially some of your most critical applications in, in your organization. Yeah, and, and then we provided some mitigation advice within the paper. Um, so things like prioritizing patches, um, changing default passwords. Are, are there any other crapple that you wanted to bring out as the most important mitigation advice? Yeah, th there are many different things uh, that you can take as a, as a action item for you to really secure those applications. Um, I would say really managing the risks is the, the most important one and, and understand the risks. Um, some of those risks potentially for some customers, some ERP customers, um, they will have to live with it, um, but that has to be something that they know and they accept. Um, just flying blind uh, with a ton of risks on, on the, the, some of the most critical applications in in the organization is definitely not an option because uh, at some point um, attackers know about that and they will be able to, to abuse of that. So managing those risks, applying patches, make sure you know how to expose. If, if there is a valid business case and a, 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 a one that is needed and acknowledged by the, the business for exposing ERP applications to the internet, then it has to be done in the right way with a proper security program in place, 
to really make sure that you're applying the patches on time, that you are securing that system with the proper configuration, that no default insecure settings and, and insecure users are, are configured, that uh, you're only exposing the services that you're going to use and nothing more than that, that the interfaces are properly secured. Yeah, so it's, it's a matter of governing and, and managing those risks um, and, and really have visibility to that. I think that that will be the uh, the key the key aspect of that. Great stuff. And more of that mitigation advice is provided in the paper. Uh, you can follow the link uh, in the description to read that report alongside all more details on different types of activists, cybercriminal campaigns, and the types of exposure and the exploits of these applications that we've observed online too. So do check out that report. And... With that, I, I think we're at a close. We're out of time. Thank you so much to JP. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Michael. And uh, thank you to all the audience. I'm happy to, to follow up with any questions and, and uh, any other information. I'm, I'm really proud of the, this research. I think it was a great combination of, of different type of strengths. And I'm really looking forward to to continue working together and, and uh, really providing value to, to organizations.